Powered Hour. We're back from our break, and we're talking about the 007 New Defender. And we talk with our good friend Nick Dibbleby about his new book, Camel Trophy, A Definitive History. And now, without further delay, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Stephen Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about my cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or check us out on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the manila rope to Stephen's Dyneema, the tow rope of podcasting, Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram, at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. We are back from the the summer break. Uh, I hope you're healed uh, nicely and... uh, Summer breakdown. Uh, this, indeed. And, and, and <laughs> it was nothing short of that. So I'm glad you didn't die. Uh, although, despite your best efforts, you didn't die. I'm still trying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and how's, uh, how's Linus's car? It is, uh, it is on the mend. We have uh, removed the cylinder head. We have, uh, you know, ascertained what we think to be the problem. And uh, I think it will be back together and motoring soon, which means uh, we will be terrifying strangers uh, along roadways before you know it. Excellent. Well, I'm so glad to hear it. And the second of your Jason Momoa motorcycle collection is like days away from arriving there in Oregon, where you can, uh, God only knows <laughs> what doom will be to follow you on that thing. Yeah, it is one day away. It is a much older machine and uh, even slower. So uh, the death will be more painful and agonizing and slower than the other motorcycle. Well, I can't. <laughs> I certainly can't wait. So uh, back at it as uh, as we are back to our regular Land Rover scheduled uh, program. Wonderful show for everyone this afternoon. Um, our very good friend, Nick Dumbleby, um, author, photog, uh, just general man of action, uh, is here to talk about his uh, new Camel Trophy book, the definitive history of Camel Trophy, uh, in fact. Prepare yourself for some quality radio with a gentleman and a scholar, Nick Dimbleby. He is uh, an amazing fellow, very talented. So great. I can't wait. I am looking so forward to chatting with him. Nick's such a great guy. I haven't seen him in person in, a, well, I don't know, 18 months, two years. I don't know how long we've been all separated from each other, but man, it will be good to uh, catch up with him. But first, in the news this week, like, I don't know if you uh, came across uh, Land Rover's announcement of yet another model in there make the shit we can program um the 007 edition new defender yes yes i did see this this is the uh the bond edition which i think is uh sort of not necessarily simultaneous but proximate to the release of the new bond film no time to die and uh, they're releasing a new vehicle which is uh similar to the the vehicle that appears in the film you know same color and you know fancy engine options but uh, definitely a lot of these special editions seem to be derived at least in some part to the chip shortage yep. you know they can't build too many vehicles so the ones that we 
can build better be, you know, high margin vehicles. So this is another in the line of special edition cars that they've been releasing with the, uh, you know, parts and uh, pieces that they have available to them. And unlike the Aston Martin uh, DB5 car that they, uh, the gold uh, finger edition car that Aston Martin is building, this one doesn't have any functional machine guns or flipping license plates or an oil slick or bumper lights or an ejection seat to the best of my knowledge. Uh, Yeah, I think it's probably just the normal oil slicks that come with any Land Rover. (laughs) Yeah, nothing special. They haven't had to modify anything specifically there. Uh, It does have, when you start the car on the display on the computer screen in the middle, apparently has the 007 logo and some cool, some kind of neat stuff. Does it it do the da-na-da-na? Every single time it starts. Every single time it starts. That would probably get tiresome after the first start. It's four and a half minutes long every (laughs) single time you start the car. You know, for a quick side story. When I started, I had a Tesla for a little while, and for some reason, whenever I started it, my phone would be paired to it. It would play the Tron soundtrack, which is like a very techno-y sort of big thing. No matter what I did to any of the internal components of my phone or the car, I would get the opening theme song to the Tron film every single time I started the car. And there was like a quick succession of button presses. But for those uh, who had never been in the car with me before, it was a really great way to like, was a very exciting way to get going with that, with a real orchestral theme song. I'm, I'm reading the Land Rover website about this edition. And there is a startup message when you start the infotainment system. So there, there is actually an, a startup message and it does project 007 logos on the ground when you open the door. Oh my goodness! That is, uh, you know, I like it. I, I like it. I think it's cool. It's the it's maybe the most murdered out of all defenders to date. It is the it is the blackest of black defenders, but it's cool. I think it's kind of a neat. It's a neat thing that they're doing and a fun brand tie in, and and I'm sure they'll sell all. Oh, absolutely! I think they're probably already sold, but uh, it's a it's it is a nice looking vehicle. I will uh, concede that. All right. Well, let's rev up the interview machine. Uh, put some. Uh, gas or diesel again it doesn't matter uh into it and uh, and get now i believe nick is, is coming from a cave uh somewhere in the highlands of scotland or something uh he has a uh i believe an internet connection that is provided by a a wire on a kite somewhere outside of the cave so uh maybe not the most stellar connection so there may be some uh some uh, a little bit of a delay but we'll we'll work our way through it it's a bit of a heath robinson but uh, it'll be worth it yeah it'll be worth it okay here we go Coming to us uh, live from the United Kingdom is Nick Dimbleby, famous photographer. Thank you so much for coming, Nick. Oh, thank you very much for having me. I'm absolutely honored to be uh, uh, in the virtual chair. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly right. And from uh, it would seem that you're in uh, some sort of uh, Malaysian jungle or something, but in fact, uh, just in the south of England uh, and uh, getting enough communication. Just in the south of England. <laughs> yes, exactly. Into your hotel room. And thank you for joining us uh, while, you're, while you're traveling about the country. I'm sure off to photograph some kind of uh, top secret stunning uh, automobile. Ike and I were just talking about the, uh, about the off-road Morgan, about ah, the, yes. uh, the 6B Morgan uh, a couple weeks ago and, and the stellar photography Thank you. yeah that was that was a that was a really cool project you probably one of the only non-saudi princes that got uh, exposure to that particular uh, car now i imagine they'll all get squirreled away somewhere that never, the, the world will never see them again yeah the amazing car that was it really was was a was a cool bit of kit and the the fantastic thing was the fact that that's not what you expect a morgan to be doing but it it does it does it really really well that's so cool 
Did I you get to drive to the car? Oh, I did actually. Yes, I did. And they had they had uh, they had two cars there actually. One which was the the hero car plus um, the the prototype which did all the engineering testing. So uh, I went and gave the uh, the prototype a, a, a bit of a um, a bit of a sort of a, a test, shall we say? Nice. But it, awesome. uh, it did it did return unscathed. What can you can you tell us anything about it? Uh, well, what do you want to know? Everything. <laughs> Ike is uh, starting a separate podcast about the Morgan uh, CXC exactly. that is uh, that's very very popular uh, for those eight people who will buy one. Uh, man, I it's wish it's not very uh, underpowered. That's for certain. It's, even though it's the four cylinder, it, it does go pretty well. It's uh, it's it's a, it's a lot of fun. Does it have any wooden components? Now that's a that's a good question. Actually, I think it, I think it does, but I'm not entirely sure. I'm it's. I'm pretty sure because the it's got the new um, aluminium. Uh, no, I said aluminium um, uh, under under sort of um, platform, but I think there is some wood in it somewhere. I'm pretty sure there is. I'm not. I'm not an expert. Unfortunately, see, I'm I'm more of a um, uh, sort of photographic visual takes the outside. I know a little bit about mechanics, but I'm not unfortunately very talented when it comes to um, all the technical knowledge. So the wood wasn't plainly visible to you from the outside. It wasn't plainly visible, but I'm I'm when I when we finish this call I'm going to find out and I'll let you know. <laughs> what is the percentage of wood in a in a Morgan uh, CXP? All right. Well, uh, Nick, thanks again for joining us. And I, I think again, you know, we are such huge fans of your uh, body uh, of work. We talk about it on the show all the time. There's always some amazing new photo gracing your Instagram or the world uh, at large. It be at the you know the the recent spread on the V8 uh, Land Rovers or like we said the Morgan or or any number of things and of course uh, that's just very recently but um Stephen's always talking about your body I, I know I was, when, he, when he started saying about your body I was like what the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's a different kind of podcast. Thank goodness this is radio. Eh? You know, Ike and I have a body for radio, so it uh, it does make uh, it does make a bit of uh, of sense. But Nick, how is it that you found yourself as the world's sort of uh, preeminent uh, automotive photographer? Where did that Where did that start for you? Did you uh, you know, as a lad, say, you know what I'm going to do uh, when I grow up? But Morgan's going to make a strange off road car, and I'm going to take a bunch of pictures of it or how did you find yourself in a, in a world where where you have an opportunity to do these these amazing uh, photo shoots with all these amazing cars it's it's one of those things that just sort of all came together i'm not quite sure how it happened but it did and um <clears throat> i guess you know when you're when you're sort of in your well, not even a teenager i was about uh, 10 or 11 suddenly got an interest in photography um and I basically, for some reason, I always had an interest in cars. Um, not a lot, of, a lot of people know this, but I actually, um, uh, my parents lived in the states uh, for a year in in North Carolina, and I I was there mm. when I was between the age of two and three. Um, and I think it was seeing those big um, American sort of uh, uh, sort of you know early seventies um, cars that really sort of uh, made an impression on me. So I've I've always been into cars. And uh, I was always, uh, I got into more into modified cars. Um, mm -hmm. And then Range Rover, I, d I actually did a book. Uh, this is, a, again, a, not a known fact. Not very many people know this, but I did a book on, on Range Rover conversions when I was, um, 
and I was just 13, um, just basically because <laughs> I was completely and utterly obsessed with them. And I made a scrapbook. My my, my father, um, who's a bit of an academic, had written a few books. So I sort of thought, well, if dad can do a book, I can do a book. So I basically put this stuff together and, and it was published by Haynes Publishing, no less. Um, and um, anyway, at the same time, uh, was into photography and sort of got into Range Rovers. Uh, and then I started doing a bit of work for um, what was then a very small magazine called Land Rover Owner, which was mm-hmm. basically run by um, two or three blokes um, in a shed um, in Norfolk. Um, and uh, yeah, it was very, very small. And, you know, they asked me to do a bit of stuff. And I was, you know, a, a, a teenager and literally was 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 doing sort of events. My, my dad was kind enough to drive me to these events and I was taking pictures and it's just sort of gone from there, really. It's it's just carried on, and um, it's a it's a fantastic way to to earn a living. Basically, getting paid to to do um, two of the things that I absolutely love, which is taking photographs and 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 being surrounded by Land Rovers. Do you have a room for an apprentice? <laughs> Can we come and hang out? Uh, yeah, exactly. Which is a free someone to carry around your tripod, perhaps. Uh, happy to uh, oblige. I do. I do have a few offers every now and again. People say it's uh, you know, can I can I can I carry your bag? You know, it, it's amazing how so many people we talk to that have a, a passion for uh, Land Rovers, motor cars in general. It sort of starts at that very young age, right? It starts as that sort of uh, inspiration of the something about you know these aspirational absolutely uh, yeah. interesting uh, vehicles right and uh, so with that in mind uh, of all of the vehicles and i'm sure it's it's literally thousands i imagine it's it's it's, it's several thousand different uh, types of uh, cars and things that you've 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 taken either uh, professional or or non-professional photos of over the years if you had to sort of pick one and it might not be the car but maybe the circumstance around it what was the sort of most memorable your your maybe not your favorite but the the photograph or the car that sort of struck you as uh, something was sort of truly special sort of take a, a moment to say like this is an insane thing that I do for a living and uh, and it's put me here and and what a, what an amazing place this is well yeah that's that's a that is a really tricky question because I've had some amazing moments in my in my 25 30 year old well 30 year I guess um, career um, and um yeah, that's a tricky one. I would say probably, and this is not me trying to sort of <laughs> talk about Camel Trophy prematurely, but right. I reckon I think probably for me the the one of the best shoots that I ever did was was the nineteen ninety seven Camel Trophy in mm-hmm. Mongolia, mm-hmm. just because Mongolia is such a spectacular place. It's absolutely stunning. I mean, really, uh, and I think particularly that that time was was um, was you know, end of the nineties. It was you yeah. know pre internet. Um, there was a little well I say pre-internet it was definitely no internet there um, yeah. and it was just it was like traveling back in time it was like um, the, the the Mongolians at the time were a nomadic population when you left the city mm-hmm. you were you were you were you know you felt like you'd you'd gone back to the med- medieval times um, mm-hmm. and it was a real privilege you know and I think one of the things that um, and in fact this is not this is not actually answering your question because I'm, t- I'm saying more about the experience than the actual photo but I remember it the whole event very fondly but it yeah. was the fact that, um, again, this is this is pre-digital era. So this is this was all shot on film. Um, so of course, you when you took a picture of one of the the local people, you weren't able to actually share that picture with them on the back of the camera like you are now. Um, right. So what we did, we actually took um, Polaroid cameras with us. So we were 
you know able to take pictures with of the of the of the local population with with our phone cameras and film but we would also then give them a sort of a payback by 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 taking a picture with them uh, on the polaroid and then giving them the polaroid which um and it seems incredible now but when you act, when that when they saw it they were actually seeing this photo appear in front of them and right. I swear some of the kids were they were they for them it was like some sort of witchcraft it was like magic because yeah. you know they were they were seeing this photo appear and also I mean they they don't have mirrors you know so they were to actually see themselves in a photo was possibly the first time particularly with the children that they actually yeah. ever saw themselves and it was it was amazing to see these sort of you know six seven eight-year-old kids that were basically you know all huddled around this photo watching it watching it uh, appear and then the the person who it was would would see it and they would be like ah, you know really and it was lots of laughter and they were like all oh, mm-hmm. touching their face and you know it was really quite a quite a special thing you know and that was what 23 years ago that's amazing and well it, it, it's funny because obviously camel trophy i think for any land rover owner is such a an amazing event phenomenon whatever right and and i think that the interesting thing is we've talked to you know many folks right who've been involved in camel trophy from duncan barber to here in the states with bill burke and our, our you know our, our friends here and they never talk about uh oh yeah this time that we you know uh, had to you know get over this bridge or this obstacle or the truck was doing this or the, they always talk about where they were and who they met and what an impact that made on them more so than the we dug ditches for two weeks or we you know <laughs> raced these cars around or we swam across a lake with a transmission or some you know the things that you sort of see in the camel trophy uh you know sort of uh, uh films and things they always talk about uh, you know what what an impact the people made the place made that's uh, it's uh, it's sort of remarkable uh, as an event that you know sort of is a bit of a you know is a bit of a sort of race car show a bit of an adventure show sort of thing that that the actual people who were there don't talk about it that way um yeah, which i no, think right. is, is sort right. of stands to the you know the kind of the way it was put together and the and the sort of impact it had on the individual yes no very much so very much so but i want to answer your question as well just in terms of taking the the photo that sort of resonates most with me and it is very difficult because there are so many photos that and again there's always the backstory that goes with it and sometimes mm-hmm some of the pictures that aren't the most amazing pictures do have an interesting backstory. And I think actually just coming, coming back to that. So there was a series of pictures that I did in, in 2010, which was with um, Roger Craythorn, who I, I think mm-hmm. probably won't need much of an introduction for most people, but mm-hmm. I mean, he's known as, or certainly was known as Mr. Land Rover worked at the company for um, I think 48 years. Um, anyway, he, he um, did, he was a driver on the original, um, Range Rover launch in 1970. Um, so the, the photography that was done with um, YVB153H, note the anorak mm-hmm. there, um, mm-hmm. in 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 North Wales back in in March 1970. So these were the pre um, press images um, prior yeah. to the, the car being launched um, uh, in June 1970. And um, anyway, to celebrate the, the the 40th anniversary in 2010. Um, I spoke to Roger and said, "Roger, do you remember where you shot these these things?" And he was like, "No, I, I don't. I can't really remember." But it was Snowdonia. So, you know, between the two of us and getting the old photos and looking at maps and just basically just doing a lot of research, we actually managed to find the locations where he went with the film crew and the photographer back in in 1970, um, 40 years previously. And he and I went then back 
and did a two or three day shoot with the that particular car as well, YVB one five three. Um and it was incredible because you think this is a man that drove that same car forty years before at the same location, and here I am photographing him doing it again for the second time, and it was just a, a real, a real privilege, um, and just, just really cool, you know. Um, and then also we had at the time, which was the the twenty ten model year, which was the L three two two Range Rover, yep. And we just popped it in the same place, and it was remarkable because the landscape had changed, you know, trees had grown and things, had, things were different, but the actual mountains and the the sort of all the way that it all hung together was exactly the same. And I, I think that was that was something quite special. It's amazing that Land Rover does continually come back. Back to that style of sort of a heritage, whatever you want to call it, uh, advert. There's always been that taking, again, like we said, when we started off the V8 Land Rovers and from the, you know, the first V8 Land Rover all the way through to this most recent generation where of series Land Rovers with V8s all the, the, the way to this and constantly referring back to that, I think is something that is, is interesting and sort of remarkable about Land Rover, but also that so keenly relies on such outstanding photography because is it just Land Rover's uh, desire to always have these great looking photos of the cars in these great places? Is that something that, you know, your predecessors, uh, you know, sort of imparted into the brand? Where does that yeah. legacy of these amazing photographs come from? Because it's, it is kind of a hallmark of the brand a bit. For sure. But I mean, I guess it's, it's inevitable, isn't it? Because you've got, you know, a vehicle that will take you to places that are cool, you know? So, mm-hmm. Um, that's that's the first part, and then and then secondly, I think you've got a bunch of people that work there that are keen to go and do that, and not just the people that work there, but of course there's you know thousands of owners, and I'm sure many of them are listening to this now that that go off and just do cool stuff with their Land Rovers. Um, so inevitably, the company needs to do the same thing, which you know it's I'm very very privileged to be able to do some of these um, some of these trips and some of these photos. But as you say, you know, there is an enormous heritage. Um, there's an enormous, you know, I've got many people that have gone before me um, that have taken stunning pictures. And that's why, you know, I want to do what I do. In fact, um, in in the, the, the Camel Trophy book, the, the introduction talks about um, me. I, I write about how I ended up doing what I did. And, and one of those things was, you know, as a 11, 12-year-old in, in France, I um, on holiday, basically my parents, I was into Land Rovers at that point, they bought a, a 4 by 4 magazine that had the 1985 Camel Trophy in it. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's all these incredible pictures of, of of Camel 90s basically flying through the air, suspended under helicopters, you know, up to their windscreens in, in water with guys basically, you know, driving through and just, you know, getting these vehicles through. And it was something that really resonated with me. I, I was like, I've got to do this. This is what I want to do. Um, and um, and then, yeah, you know, eventually I managed to, to, to get on and do it, which... Um... Well, that's a perfect segue into the, of course, you can't talk about your career, about your body of work, we'll come back to the body of work, um, <laughs> without talking <laughs> about my body. the camel... Yeah, the successful body uh, without <laughs> talking about, uh, you know, Camel Trophy and the fact that not only is it synonymous with Land Rover, obviously, but, uh, you know, at least at least in my mind, some of the greatest Camel Trophy uh, photographs were were taken by you. Some of these iconic and, and certainly for a lot of people, I think, kind of coming to age when, when we did, when the Discovery was the sort of, uh, you know, was the feature vehicle of Camel Trophy. 
Trophy and these amazing uh, sort of photographs of these cars. So that brings us to sort of we buried the lead, but uh, you know, a, a big reason that we wanted to have you on the show, uh, besides your uh, again amazing body work, was. The fact that that you have finally, uh, <laughs> you say finally because it seems as though it was a foregone conclusion, come up with an amazing uh, anthology of all of the photograph uh, and writing that you've done around Camel Trophy in a new book um, that is uh, literally on printing presses right now as, as we were trying to get a, a copy to read before the uh, the interview. But um so what kind of things can we, uh, you know, expect in this book? What inspired you to uh, to finally take it and uh, take the time, collect it, uh, and and put it together? Cool. Well, I mean, I was I was probably, well, you could say I was quite late to the party because um, my first event was in 1996. So um, mm. by the time I, I joined, there'd already been, you know, 16 events. So, um, uh, and of course, you know, I was, I was well, I was, um, seven years old when the first one took place, you know, in 1980. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would have loved to have gone, but I think I probably wouldn't have been very welcome as a seven-year-old. Um, but uh, it's, you know, it's one of those things that one of the inspirations to do this book was exactly that. You know, the photography on Camel Trophy has always been absolutely amazing, and the videography as well, the film. I mean, you know, everyone, and I think that's one of the enduring appeals as well, why the event is still talked about, still, still seen now, is because... Um, you know, good photography and amazing imagery, it never goes out of date. You know, it's always mm-hmm. going to be relevant. doesn't matter whether, you know, you weren't born when the first event takes place. You know, there are people that have seen pictures from the, you know, I don't know, the 1992 event, 91 event, 85 mm-hmm. event, whatever. And mm-hmm. um, you look at it and go, wow, that's just incredible. Um, and that was a big part for me for doing this book was, um, you know, it's been 20 years or 21 years actually now since the last Camel Trophy, which obviously was in boats, so a little bit different. But, um, yep. um, but uh, you know, 21 years is a long time. And, you know, really the event should have been forgotten about. You know, it should be, it should be you know, not, <laughs> not, not, no longer being talked about. But it is. And the reason for that is that incredible photography. But a lot of this photography has been sort of lost in the mists of time because, of course, many, yeah. much of it, in fact, most of it was shot on film. So um, it's not like, you know, nowadays with your phones and, and everything else, it's so easy just to pop photographs out. You know, all this film had to be scanned. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, one of the things that I wanted to do was, 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 was basically get these old photos that are, that are sat in filing cabinets and in attics around the world and, and, and you know, show them to, to, to the world. And I think, you know, again, you know, I wanted to, to make something, you know, every page on the book I wanted to make as a bit of a wow moment, you know, and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, I, and I think hopefully I've achieved that, you know, we've, we've been, um, I've been incredibly lucky to, 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 to speak to and, and, and get hold of photographs from, from the best of the best, you know, they're really, mm-hmm. these guys were, were, were doing fantastic work. Um, so, for example, um, there's a chap called Lee Farrant who was who looked after the um, the photographic operation for Camel Trophy um, from um, from 1990 uh, onwards. So he was the last 10 years. But prior to that, there was um, uh, and as you probably know, the first um, uh, two events were sorry, three events were um, were German only competitions. Yeah, uh, sorry. The first two events. I'm I'm talking nonsense events, here. Yeah. 1980 and 1981 were, were just Germans. 82 was the first year where it was an international um, uh, set of teams, but but the event was still run by by um, uh, Camel Trophy or R.J. Reynolds Germany. So um, so yes, yeah, so there's a chap, a gentleman called uh, Wolfgang Drazen, who was the photographer 
um, on those first events, and he's now in his in his mid seventies. And um, uh, basically, I managed to get hold of of him and speak to him, uh, even though he only speaks German. And a friend of mine, Paul Entwistle, was was very kind to act as intermediary to translate and. You know, when he sent me um, a set of, of 40 original Kodachromes from those early events, um, uh, it really was quite special because these were wow. images that I'd not seen before. And, um, you know, this was this was this was one of the great the great things that was about doing this book was was basically finding new images and also new stories. You know, there's been been a lot of a lot of really great stories that have um, that have sort of come to light um, and you know it's been it's been great to be the conduit to, to put all this together and and um, yeah put it into uh, you know 300 plus pages oh I can't wait I, I am uh, I am looking uh, very forward on bated breath to receiving the, the the copy and going through is there's you know there's been a few camel trophy books over the years but never felt very uh, conclusive uh, such as it sounds like uh, this one uh, is going to be where I, I didn't realize that it was, um, you know, not just your work and uh, your words, but also like a compendium of all Camel Trophy, uh, you know, photographers and artists that had uh, done uh, work on that competition. So, yeah, that's that's definitely very interesting. And I, I didn't realize that you'd done so much research for the the book. I'm, oh, I'm yeah, excited yeah. to read a it, lot and see of, it. A lot of research. <laughs> I mean, one of the one of the one of the great things. I mean, this is you know, this is this is a proper passion project. Uh, you know, this is this is this is the book that if if i was buying a book on camel trophy this is the book that i want to buy so hopefully um you know fellow as we as all of us are land rover enthusiasts um this will be a book that i think will will undoubtedly appeal to to all land rover enthusiasts because it's written by a land rover enthusiast a camel trophy enthusiast you know so um, I, I, I hope it will be something that um, yeah people will look at and really really enjoy. Well, I certainly can't wait. We can't wait. Uh, it's going to be uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a day spent uh, with that uh, locked in my uh, office or something, so no one can uh, <laughs> uh, disturb me. I, I definitely want to get through it a single read. Oh, no. there, there is there oh, are no. so many stories. I mean, it is it is it. I mean, the the book itself is actually a. Um, the result of a lockdown project. So, as you obviously remember, mm-hmm. you know, back in back in in March uh, 2020, you know, the world basically came to a, a crashing halt, and and I had um, I had you know um, two months' work basically just cancel overnight. And um, right as it as it came into April, I was sort of looking and going. I need to think of something to do now, otherwise I'm going to go mad. <laughs> and um, and this the camel trophy thing had always been something in the back of my mind to to do. So. Um, this was like a, an absolute, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's, 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 let's make the, make the, make the time. Well, I had the time, so let's, let's go and do it. So, um, yeah, I basically put out a load of, um, feelers amongst the Camel Trophy Club. And obviously the nice thing is because mm-hmm. I, I worked as part of the Camel Trophy team for the last four years, I knew a lot of the people that were, were sort of key players. So was able to sort of contact them and sort of speak to them and, you know, and they just sort of mushroomed from there, really. You know, there were people that I, I hadn't worked with. Um, so people like um, Duncan Barber and Duncan mm-hmm. Lee that had that had um, had stopped working for, for Camel by the time I joined in 96. Um, and also, again, you know, pushing it right back to the, the early years and, and um, a gentleman called Andreas Bender, who's um, a German, um, uh, he's an a, a extraordinary chap, a, a German who's... Um, 
who nowadays is is basically a it's just an adventurer. He spends most of his time on the road. He's a he's a, a fascinating character. But he he I guess could legitimately be called Mr. Camel Trophy because he started the event um, in in 1980. He was only 23 years old at the time, and he was the he was the event leader. Um, and so again, you know, being able to talk to him and actually getting his first-hand experiences, and again, you know, he was he was amazing. Once once he knew this was a serious project, um, yeah. he was he was he opened up his archive, and again, sent some amazing pictures. So, you know, this is not about Land Rover in this instance, but you know, stuff from the 1980 event, which had the um, the Ford U50 um, Brazilian-made um, Jeeps. You know, yeah. he mm-hmm. he had the photography, original photography of the game, which I've never seen. Which he was, wow. you know, he sent over, and 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 obviously this is in the book. So, um, you know, this is this is um, one of the things that's been great is just being able to sort of bring this stuff out of the, out of these archives that have been sat there. You know, these these pictures have probably sat there for the last sort of, uh, you know, thirty five, well, thirty eight, thirty nine years. You know, so um, it's it's been really really good to get them out. I think there's going to be, uh, you know, thousands of enthusiasts who are really excited to see this uh, book, and uh, I for one have ordered my copy. So I can't wait till it shows up. I have a I have a quick question, which is um, uh, I I'm always curious. You know, you you go on these trips and you you do all these shoots and you're working and you're you know trying to have this experience at the same time. And and inevitably, when when you're doing something like that, there's a lot of improvisation. You know, so sure, I'm yeah. always curious. Like, what's the most interesting improvisation that you had to? tackle to get the job done whether it's you know get a vehicle somewhere or or take a photograph or you know there's always some, you know some story behind that photo uh maybe you have a, a particular experience you could share with us i think again it's difficult to sort of pick a, a precise moment but i think um with any sort of expedition or trip you know the whole every day is an improvisation you know because and i think particularly if you look at it back from a, a photographic point of view because you're dealt the hand you're given in terms of right. the location, the light, um, you know, what the vehicle's doing. And, and that's the, that's the magic. That's when the magic happens is, you know, you, as a photographer, you can, you can mix the ingredients together to make a great photo, but you need the ingredients in the first place. And there's been a few times where you think, you know, you, you know, maybe that there's going to be a spectacular location and you've maybe looked at it. And again, this is actually quite interesting because I think nowadays with, with with um, with Google and um, Google Earth, I tend to sort of maybe research a little bit more about the location before I go there. So I have a bit of an idea about, oh, that would be a cool place to go to. But I remember going back to some of the Camel Trophy stuff, you know, obviously there were pre-scouts done, but it was that thing where you didn't really know what was around the next corner because there wasn't that internet sort of archive of material and there wasn't thousands of people that had already gone and uploaded pictures onto the internet that you could already see so that was always a you know, quite an interesting thing to be able to sort of you know sort of come around the corner and go wow this is pretty spectacular and then having to work really quickly and put put a photograph together or put a put an image together um, and again you know you might have this um, amazing I don't know, sort of, again, one of the most, my favourite times is when you've got a bit of sun, but with a really dark, moody, thundery cloud with, with a bit of rain, you know, you get a rainbow and all these sort of things. It's, it's, it's really spectacular. But, you know, you can't, you can't plan that. You can't make, you can't make there a magic rainbow. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of those things that you just got to make the most of it when it comes around. So 
so yeah, I think I think everything is is slightly improvised when it comes to sort of taking pictures, particularly on fast moving expeditions, because that's again that's what I really enjoy is going out and doing stuff because you've got to think on your feet, you've got to sort of you know you've got to make you've got to make nice images from what's being presented to you and that that to me is where i really enjoy what i do well uh you know having worked with you on a couple of shoots uh i can confidently say that your your ability to take uh you know maybe just a few ingredients and make a wonderful image out of them is uh is rarely surpassed i was always impressed with your yeah your your ability to take like a a junky old land rover in a parking lot and make it look really spectacular Uh, you know not only the vehicle but uh, the light and the background capturing things and and uh, maybe obscuring others making a, a a picture look like it's you know somewhere else that you would want to be <laughs> that'll be those that'll be those cool cars you've got and that lovely californian light <laughs> and occasionally the uh, the gawky uh, owner of uh, of those land rovers uh, not looking uh, too bad so, oh, which yeah. is which is truly an art form i have tried to photograph <laughs> Ike, and it is nearly impossible so <laughs> so uh, we're going to take a very quick break to hear from this sponsor hear that believe it or not summer is just around the corner Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. And now back to the show, uh, Nick. As we come to the the end of our uh, time with you, uh, we uh, always like to have uh, guests uh, sort of run the lightning round gauntlet of questions that Ike has prepared uh, earlier okay, on wow. in the day. Uh, I'm it into is. A sweat uh, now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. One of the most rigorous activities, I think, uh, given uh, your, you know, your experience that you'll probably ever be subjected to uh, hard hitting uh, and deeply personal questions uh, at very high speed. As I say, is there is there a time limit on these? It, it'll be instantaneous. Your answers will be on point, of course. And, and there's only a few questions. Are you ready for the lightning round? I'm, I'm ready. OK. All right. Here goes. Uh, coils or leaves? Ooh, ooh, coils. Sorry. Film or digital? Ooh, another difficult one. Um, <laughs> oh, so hard. Well, I, just digital because that's what I do nowadays, but I do enjoy doing a bit All of right. film every now and again. All right. Soft top or hard top? Soft top. Best way to remove 90 weight from your underpants? Best way to w- remove what? 90 weight. What's 90 weight? Oh, no. It's oil, gear oil. You see, I told you I'm not technical, you see. I, I can do the photo <laughs> stuff. That's never had to do That's it. That's okay. so embarrassing. Oh, my God. <laughs> Next question. Gas or diesel? Uh, oh, okay. I'm going to go um, petrol. Gas. Petrol. Obviously. All right. Yeah, gas, gas. Most underrated piece of camera equipment? Um underrated oh my god um most this is the lightning bit. round i know i know this is terrible i'm trying to think of something good to say um uh, lens hood lens hood all right all, all right. right well nick thank you for the time we appreciate it i can't wait to read the book i think i am uh, not in any minority there i think everybody is looking very forward to it it will be available uh, imminently here in the next uh, sometime here in september 
It will. And I, obviously, I guess you can tell now it's not particularly a technical book. There's not a lot of um, technical de- in terms not a lot of, of uh, conversations about gear oil. About gear oil. There's no gear oil stuff. Yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's yeah, all about yeah. cool stories and, and um, yeah, lots of lots of very, very, very pretty pictures. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Everybody should buy two copies. <laughs> I hope you know you are more than welcome uh, anytime uh, to come back and uh, spend time with us. We absolutely love uh, having you with us, and uh, it has been uh, nothing but uh, a, a sheer pleasure to have you uh, on the show this afternoon. Uh, safe travels, stay healthy, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll chat with you very soon. Thank you very much, guys. And uh, yeah, next time we'll have a bit better internet connection, hopefully. Thanks for coming. For those listeners wondering where they can get their very own copy of Nick's new Camel Trophy book, you can pick it up at porterpress.co.uk or wherever fine motoring books are sold. Oh, yeah. And there is right now a special edition uh, book that's available in pre-order as well as the as well as well the regular book. And uh, I'm sure they're both uh, absolutely uh, fabulous. Can't wait. Like I said, can't wait to get mine. Looking so forward to it. I'm sure they will be sold out quickly, so get yours soon. Yeah, and uh, so for those of you who uh, are Patreon subscribers, I just want to make sure that we mention that there is a completely ad-free version of the show uh, that is available uh, to you on uh, our Patreon. So you can subscribe to that RSS feed. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber of the show, this is the perfect time. Plenty of backstory about the uh, the, the summer breakdown. There's some great photos that are only on there. Uh, a, a quick photo anthology of me sawing the steering wheel out of my uh, stage one uh, and some other shenanigans uh, such as that. Some great perks for the uh, Patreon subscribers shirts and stickers and whatnot and uh, a little more access to us if you have questions uh, certainly great and it uh, helps us put gas in the interview machine so uh, if you get an opportunity and you can uh, subscribe to our patreon yeah absolutely the interview machine gets about a quarter of a mile a gallon thirsty so it's, it is a thirsty machine uh, <laughs> for sure well before we sign off for today uh, Ike I wanted to give a, a shout out to a, a very special listener uh, mr. Oliver Haley, who is a good friend of the show, uh, his uh, his dad uh, also uh, a big uh, a big fan of uh, of the show. So we appreciate those guys, we appreciate those listeners. And uh, Ike, it is uh, it has been a slice as always. What a journey! Great to talk to uh, Nick, and uh, I'll uh, make sure we uh, I run out to the dealer and get your deposit down on the 007 Defender for you. Thank you, Oliver, and thank you to all of our listeners. I'll uh, see you next week, Stephen. All right, cheers for now. Take care. Powered Hour is produced by me, Steve Barris, and Ike Goss. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.